One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Granddad, do you remember when Harry Kane broke Jimmy Greaves' record? Yes, I do. Emerson Royale was great that day. Look, just for today, I know it does them a favour, but you know what, today is Harry Kane's day. Like, I actually got, I got weirdly choked up when he scored the goal, and you said, something like the the magnitude of what we've witnessed, kind of the, the, the history, the fact that we've had the privilege to watch this all unfold, you know. Some people have had the privilege to see it unfold twice, seeing Jimmy Greaves do it originally. But in the modern era, to see a young player that we've brought up through our academy, a local lad, much maligned, to come through and have that, you know, that Hollywood-type trajectory, <laughs> the, the Rocky Balboa-type story, is... Is something I feel very lucky to have witnessed as a Spurs fan. Um, he's just, you know, he's a very special player. He's a special guy and it's just, it's amazing. Well, I'm, I am talking about Harry Kane. I'm not talking about Emerson. <laughs> um, well done, H. Well done, lad. It's, God, I feel, I feel quite emotional talking about it now, you know. But... I think we should, right? I think it's it is something special and football is so it's so blinded now. There's just this hideous kind of narrative behind all of it that you have to be on this kind of scale of exponential growth forever, infinity. You know, I've seen in the past few weeks Liverpool fans and admittedly younger ones and that's not any dig I'm not making some generational comment I'm just saying people that have maybe seen less of the hard times and have only really seen the good times already calling for Klopp to go kind of speaking about him in a really kind of derisory fashion when the guy's a living legend you know he's one of the greatest Premier League managers of all time he's won the Premier League He's won the league for Liverpool for the first time in what, I think it was 30 years, 35 years or something like that. Won him a Champions League. And in truth, he could have, in probably any other era, won them two or three Premier Leagues, a couple of Champions Leagues. I think, has he won them the FA Cup as well? I think he won the FA... I think he's won everything for him. I think he's actually won the lot, hasn't he? I think he's won World Club Cup, all of it, but whatever. And it's be, it's taken, what, a year of them being less than elite for the misery to kick in, for the hyperbole, for the insatiable kind of appetite for takes, for memes, for... And I, do you know what I mean? I'm not, I'm not trying to be somebody that's acting like I'm above it all. I completely plan this. Anybody that listens to this probably follows me on Twitter. You know exactly what I'm like. A lot of it, okay, a lot of it is tongue-in-cheek, admittedly. But still, we know what this kind of the atmosphere in football, we know what the narratives are. 
I really do feel that we're losing sight of kind of just just fucking enjoying it, you know? And I think this about, when I talk about movies and stuff, sometimes some movies, I just enjoy them. We all just do. There are some movies, you can see the reviews, everyone's saying, ah, shit, it's this, it's derivative, the writing's awful, the dialogue's terrible, the acting's bad in this scene, blah, blah, blah. One of the actors is an anti-vaxxer or something like that. But sometimes... You just enjoy a movie. You know, I didn't really need to talk about the anti-vaxxing there, did I? But whatever. <laughs> you get what I mean, though, right? Sometimes you just fucking enjoy something, and that's that. And I think sort of clinging on to kind of like these fleeting bits of joy that we have in life. Because the older you get, the harder life gets. And for everybody right now, I, I think, for the past few years... It's been pretty hard. Most people I know are sad in some way or whatever. And I just think when good things happen, you should just cling on to that and don't let the noise get in the way of it. If Harry Kane leaves Tottenham and he's never won any trophies, so what? (laughs) Like, he's been the greatest player this club's ever had. And... He deserves every ounce of respect and admiration from us. He deserves a fucking statue when he retires out outside the ground. There's plenty of players that deserve statues outside the ground that we don't seem to build for whatever reason. But he does. And don't get me wrong, I would love nothing more than to see him this year win an FA Cup or, let's be honest, the Champions League for Tottenham. And I don't think that's beyond the realms of possibility. Today we've beaten Manchester City, one of the best teams in Europe. We know, we, we've always known this about this, this fucking football club, as infuriating as they are. We are that club. And this is why they, all of them, when I say they, I mean anyone that's not us, this is why they fucking hate us. Because everybody knows this club on its day can fucking go toe-to-toe with anyone and can have anyone. And we've come close. We've come close in the Champions League. And if we can get it just that, you know, if Conte is going in summer, if Kane's going in summer, who knows? You know, maybe there's a bit of a kind of a uh, an energy here now in this second half of the season to make something happen. To really sort of hammer home Kane's historic... And I say hammer home, I just mean, you know, I don't mean it's not there already. I'm just talking about just fucking double press it down. His historic and legendary position within this football club. We all want that, right? We all want that fucking picture. Put it by my fucking bedside. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Harry came with a Tottenham scarf wrapped around his head, holding a holding a trophy, you know, that isn't the Peace Cup or the Audi Cup or whatever it was. <sighs> the guy's a phenomenon. He's an absolute phenomenon. And you know, the funny thing is, Watching that game today, Manchester City and Pep Guardiola. Pep Guardiola, he's always he's made no secret of the fact he's always liked Harry Kane. But Manchester City, the hierarchy, should realise, they should see that juxtaposition, the performance of Erling Haaland and the performance of Harry Kane today. And they should realise that they fucked it. They fucked it trying to, trying to just bully a club that... I really think that people can say whatever they want about Levy. People can talk about his power games, his mind games. I don't think this plays into it. Manchester City 
I think, just felt that they were in a position whereby they could lowball. And it was a lowball offer. £70 million for Harry Kane, considering that they spent £100 million on Jack Grealish that same summer. £70 million for a, I believe he was 27 or 28-year-old Harry Kane. At that point, the best striker, if not one of the best strikers in the world, alongside Benzema Lewandowski, at that time, I'm talking about. Um, £70 million was derisory. And they thought they could get away with it. It was like Manchester United giving us 30 mil, like it or lump it, for Dimitar Berbatov, who snuck up to Manchester in a car when he wasn't given permission to do so because Tottenham had no power in those days. But we're not that club anymore. We might not we might not be in a title challenge this year or what have you won and all that shit. We're just not that club anymore. And you can't lowball us. And you definitely can't lowball us for a player like Harry Kane. If they'd have come to us with 120 mil... I reckon they'd have probably gotten him. And I think he'd have probably delivered him a Champions League. But the funny thing is, right now, they haven't won a Champions League and they still haven't scored a goal at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. And Erling Haaland scores... He scores a lot of goals. We've all seen his robotic madness that he's, especially at the start of the season, had. But all those kind of fears about him having a World Cup break, not playing, it's not really worked out the best for him. I guess momentum. Players, obviously all players get fatigued. But I guess there's a certain, there's a different level of fatigue, right? You, well, it's not fatigue, but you're just lacking that match sharpness. And he definitely seems to have that. I just thought he was awful today. I thought he he just doesn't move. He doesn't have that same level of pitch intelligence as a player like Harry Kane. And we don't need to feel embarrassed about talking about Harry Kane in the way that we do. Because I do think there is this habit of saying, oh, look at Spurs fans getting excited about Kane, but he's won nothing. But let's be real, man. We all know if Kane goes to Madrid, even if he goes to probably Manchester United, who are looking better under Ten Hag, but are still miles off it, let's be honest. People would immediately, the optics of it, would say he's the best, if not one of the best strikers in the world. But they're so... I'm not trying to make this a big Tottenham conspiracy theory, but it's just it's our place in the pecking order right now, you know? And people don't want to accept that we're a better team and maybe we also need to prove to people that we're a better team. We need to win that big thing. We need to get that Premier League or that Champions League, the really big ones. Obviously, we need to, you know, win an FA Cup or something like that. I'm not I'm not saying we're above that. But I'm talking about really announcing ourselves to the elite. You know, Dortmund have won the Bundesliga not too long ago. Atletico have won the um have won La Liga not too long ago. And these are our equivalent clubs, right? These are the kind of the clubs at the equivalent of Spurs in their respective leagues. We just need to do that now. We need to just get that extra little bit of prestige and get that thing above the line. But until that point, people are always going to doubt us. They're going to doubt Harry Kane and they're going to piss on his achievements. But to kind of come back to where I started, you will be telling generations until the day you die that you saw this kid come through the academy and go on to be the greatest player the football club's ever had. He's he's a phenomenon. It's unbelievable. 
again, I just say we're just so lucky. We're so lucky to have seen this. You know, I think and didn't Antonio Antonio just beat West Ham's all-time leading goal-scoring record with his like ninetieth goal or something? How Tim Pot is that? You know, most I, I, I'm not sure. I, I can't remember. I think is I think Rooney is United's leading goal scorer. I think so anyway. But basically, not many clubs. I think Liverpool's a Stilian rush. Not many clubs, though. These kind of, you know, Everton, Dixie Dean. Not many other clubs will see what we've seen. And regardless of whether or not we win a Champions League or a Premier League whilst he's in the team, it's been a fucking... It's been a ride, man, you know? And the main thing about him, players like Bale, players like Modric, fantastic, right? And... Obviously, and not so much with Modric. Modric was pretty much always a brilliant player. It took him a bit of time to adapt, but as soon as he did, he was pretty phenomenal for us. But Gareth Bale, a lot of people forget, he would have really off days, man. Really, really off days. He was almost a bit like Son. He was he was better than Son at his best. I still think Son's exceptional, don't get me wrong. But Gareth Bell went through very streaky periods. Um, but I don't think I've ever... Other than when we've had Ledley at the back, and I remember the relief of seeing Ledley on the team sheet, but we couldn't rely on him because he was always injured, you know? We knew when he was there we were going to be a much better team. And the only real player in my lifetime like that is Harry Kane. And we all take it for granted. We all take for granted that when we get a penalty, nine out of ten times, I'm sure someone's going to say, actually, eight out of ten, but whatever. I'm speaking figuratively. Nine out of ten times, we're scoring. One-on-one opportunity in the box. If you see Harry Kane's on the end of it, you know it's getting slotted past the goalkeeper. A decent cross a decent delivery at a, at a decent height into the box you know Harry Kane's going to get on the end of it and you also know Harry Kane is going to most seasons score us 20 to 30 goals every single season and that is it's freakish it's rare it's fucking rare and um, we've had it for years and it's no wonder he's broken our our record goal scoring kind of record <laughs> um but just what a guy man what a guy um and that's why like i say i don't care about today i had a few moments right i really had a few moments at the start of the game when i was thinking like fuck if we beat them that basically means the everton game is a free hit and they go ahead of it and whatever, you know, I don't like, I don't want us to lose. But if we do lose, a consolation prize. And as soon as Kane scored and as soon as you start to see all the stuff filter through on social media, the assets the club are prepared that they put on the screen inside the stadium, stuff they put out on social media. And when you just really think about it, people, you know, obviously on Twitter sharing some of his goals 
Dan Kilpatrick put out his list on the evening standard of Kane's best goals. And just the, the magnitude of it all really hits home. And you're just kind of like, just fuck Arsenal. Fuck their fans. Fuck the mathematics of the Premier League table and all this type of stuff. At the end of the day, if City can't fucking catch Arsenal, then they don't deserve to win the Premier League. And that's that's the fucking truth of the matter. As However painful that is for us, if it means Arsenal win the title, there's only so much we can do. It's not in our fucking hands, you know? Because there's every fucking chance they beat us at White Hart Lane and then they lose to whoever Dog and Duck FC next next week because they're having a weird season, City. And today isn't about that. Today is about just let fucking Harry Kane enjoy it. Let him, his record-breaking goal, decides the game against one of the best teams in world football. It's just very fitting. It's very poetic. And it's just, it's nice. Because you know what? We and I don't I don't buy it as much, right? But we even have that mask goal of his, which is still his greatest goal for Tottenham Hotspur, in my opinion. It's the greatest goal he's ever scored. It's the best goal I've ever seen live. Thought my head was going to explode. It was a moment in time that whatever happened after it, at that moment, our homegrown hero had just scored a goal against our greatest rivals to put us top of the table in a year when I really thought we were going to win the Premier League. Obviously, it didn't transpire that way, but in that very moment, that's what it meant. And the goal itself was utterly phenomenal. And kind of today, in a different way, but in today, in this isolated little window of time, it's just Harry Kane's day. He deserves it. He deserves the three points. He deserves to be a match winner. He deserves to have his goal be the deciding goal against a team that really liked him but didn't like him enough to drop the money to make him their main man. You know? They didn't he they didn't they didn't do it. And what a nice little kind of fuck you it is to them and just to everyone. Fuck them all, because it is on our day. Tottenham Hotspur can fucking have anyone. And we had them. We fucking had them. We were brilliant today. Let's do the players. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. I'm choking up here. Lineups. Hugo Lloris, funnily enough, against Manchester City, wasn't really tested at all. Um, I think in the few moments that he was, he did okay. There was that weird moment right at the end when he, as a goalkeeper, 
dived outstretched to save the ball and Rodri decided to try and kind of challenge for it. I'm sort of pretty astonished that it even went to VAR. Gary Neville was having kittens about it. Um, sorry about that. It was a it was a particularly bizarre moment, but decent outstretched save. I thought he I thought he did all right. His distribution again is as ever is a bit ropey, but you know we're not learning anything else new about that, are we? Um, fine. Davis and Dyer, I'm going to lump them in together because they're two players that I have pretty much the exact same feedback about. Solid, very solid, very dependable. Back to their form tail end of last season when they made it their own. And this is kind of, you know, this is my thing about both of them, right? That I've said even in the lower points when they've not been great, I've still said of both of them, they are great squad players. Yep. We probably want to upgrade them. We definitely want to upgrade them. But they are great squad options. They're great squad players. And if they're happy with that role, keep them about the place because they're two good players. You know, Ben Davis is better than Clement Longley. Clement Longley is a player that was signed for Barcelona, has been loaned in by us to, you know, hopefully improve the team, given that we couldn't get Bastoni over the line. And he hasn't improved the team. Ben Davis is a better player. I, I, I don't feel embarrassed or uncomfortable in saying that. He just is. He's a more solid, more tenacious footballer. He might not be as kind of clean on the ball or silky on the ball as long layers, but overall I think he's I think he's a good footballer. He's a very, very tidy player, Ben Davis, and he's an experienced footballer. Eric Dyer, look, when he's not having lapses in concentration, he's a player that gives everything, right? He's he, in his own way, I think he loves the club. I think he's one of the main men here. And when he's good, he's great. Um, and he was great today. He was great. He was, I think he was pretty solid in everything that he did. He was cleaning the tackle. He pressed well. Don't think he gave City's attack much space at all. I think Alvarez bothered him a few times, but I really like Alvarez. Um, I think he's a better player. Than, I think he's a better footballer than Erling Haaland. I honestly do. Um, he's a great, great player, and it's a shame that Alvarez is just some kind of, you know, extra man at City because he should be anybody else's best player. Um, because I reckon he walks into any Premier League side and is one of their best players. So he bothered us a little bit, but I thought Dyron Davis were great today. Christian Romero, you know, a bit silly to do what he did with Jack Grealish, but Jack Grealish just played for it, you know. Goalkeeper, uh, goalkeeper, referees bought that. He was already on a yellow card, and I think he'd probably gotten away with a few, so I can see why he got the red at that point, even if it was a bit soft and a bit kind of cheeky from Grealish. But, we, you know, we all know what Grealish is doing. We know what type of player he is. He's just one of those players that can, you know, win you those free kicks. Harry Kane does the same. We don't complain then. It's just, it's smart. It's it's gaming the system. They're knowing how to do it. Um and Christian Romero bought it today, but <laughs> it was worth it, man. For that first that first yellow card he got, the completely unnecessary 
scything of Erling Haaland. But it's just Christian Romero. It's just that RG shithousing. The bull of the pampas. He just has to leave one on him and just let him know, this is my fucking kennel, boy. Like, don't you think you can fucking come here and take the piss because you're not going to. Um, and he didn't. Harlem was shitting himself for most of today. And, you know, Romero's rash... He's feisty, he's fiery, he's got the caliente kind of, you know, beating heart. But he's he's going to get older and he's going to learn to control that more, right? Don't stifle him. He's great. He's, he's, he's a great player. And I think once he's got a more solid partner alongside him, he'll uh, we'll, we'll see him go from strength to strength. But even just on as a pure athlete, his, his kind of pace, his strength. He's an asset. He is an asset. Um, and he was great today. He was great. Even Perisic, one of his better games today, I thought. Um, I think he was smart defensively. He, I think he's, just, he's a big game player, Perisic. He knows the occasion. He's been in these type of games before. He's played in the, the biggest occasion. He's played in the fucking World Cup final. So he's played in literally the biggest occasion. Um, but his crossing was good today. I mean, his crossing is generally always good, but it was particularly good today. But his defensive work was good. He took that yellow card at the end, which was smart. It was a good tactical foul. Um, he's just, he's a smart, he's a seasoned player. He knows when to do this stuff. Um, good performance from him today. Great. Uh, Rodrigo Bentancourt. Just good. Solid. You know, they weren't overwhelmed him or Hoybier in midfield. I think Hoybier had a few headless chicken moments, but he was still very good today. It was maybe only in the, in the sort of first half getting to grips of the game. I think I was suddenly starting to worry a little bit about him, but he definitely grew into the game and was starting to show more of that kind of solid focus switched on Hoybier kind of um that we've that we've come to see over the past few months. Um but Bentancourt is he's brilliant. He's metronomic as well. I, I it's funny because he's there's a there's shades of Dembele there, there are shades of Modric there. Shade of Berbatov, funnily enough. He's a very silky, very classy player. His passing is fantastic. I uh, It's funny because he's somebody that I've never really heard spoken about. I knew he existed, but probably only because of playing FIFA and stuff like that. Or seeing his name kind of on some highlights when I've watched Serie A. But I've never really like focused on Rodrigo Bentancur as a footballer. And to be honest, I don't think many people did, really. Many sort of casual fans have. I think a lot of people probably when we were signing him were like, who? What? Um, and the, the weird thing to me is that Juventus didn't even seem that arsed. You know, you got that Carlo Garnese, who... Sorry if I sort of mullered that pronunciation... 
who was kind of ha 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 Tottenham assigned Ben Tanker who gives the ball away blah 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 whatever you know people players maybe have a different legacy at different clubs but all I can say is for us it's astonishing that we signed this man for thirty million pounds because that's a that's an eighty million pound at least midfielder right you'd be brewing if we sold Ben Tanker this summer for anything less than eighty million pounds. And don't tell me I don't know what you're thinking because I do know what you're fucking thinking, right? You would be brewing. So don't don't try and pretend otherwise, all right? You can't fucking bullshit me. Um, and Hoybio is great. The two of them today, you know, commendable. I mean, Pep did his Pep thing, not playing uh, Kevin De Bruyne. Kind of weird, really. But it's what Pep does, isn't it? You know, he likes to overcomplicate things, especially against us. Against us and in the Champions League, he just, he rattles himself. I think he must detest us. Because we're always a bit of a, we're always just a bit of a thorn in his side, you know? It's the it's the weirdest, it's so Tottenham. It's so weirdly Tottenham. That we can be always, we can have bogey teams like fucking West Brom. Yet we consistently turn up against Manchester City, who were one of the greatest sides of the, the Premier League. How do you think about how that side has come to pass and that, where their wealth has come from and where, blah, what, you know, all that shit, whatever. Over the course of the 90 minutes, when boots are on grass, they're one of the best teams in Premier League history. And we regularly turn them over. And not just turn them over. We play with this like arrogance, this confidence that is so bizarre to me. Because you see us regularly capitulate to... A perfect example, Manchester United. We're fucking terrified of United. Always have been. Always have been. Every win against Manchester United is such a novelty. And it's so... Just delicious whenever we manage to beat Manchester United. So we fucking never do. We always shit ourselves against Man U. Always shit ourselves against Arsenal. Generally always shit ourselves against Chelsea. Always shit ourselves against Liverpool. But Man City. I just... I, do you know what I think it is? I think, personally... I just wonder if there's a bit of a kind of like, well, no, this is bollocks actually, because every single, I was going to say, my point was going to be, I wonder if there's a part of us as a team that's just like, you know, fuck you, you were our size once. You're the same as us. You're the, you're the fucking, you're the smaller side of the city rivalry. You're the side of the city rivalry that's heard those red ones across the way singing about you always being shit, singing about you being a tiny club, having all the fucking weird elitist down their noses, shit from the opposition fans. You know that pain. You know that fucking bitterness, that resentment. And there's a bit of us, I think in Spurs, there's a bit of us looking at them saying, we still see what you are. You're shit. And you always will be. And your fucking Premier Leagues and all that shit doesn't fool us. Because you're like us. And you know that pain. You know those feelings. But obviously that's bollocks because none of these players other than Harry Kane and Harry Winks, who's now in Sampdoria, Oliver Skip, who's on the bench, 
None of them are Tottenham, are they? They don't really know. They don't. They haven't grown up with it. They haven't lived and breathed this shit. Fuck you, Man City. Emerson Royale. Um, Hoybe had got Sky Sports as his man of the match. I thought Emerson Royale was our man of the match. Or look, fuck me. All it took was us signing Pedro Porro. He wasn't scared of Jed Spence, but signing Porro's letting a fucking fire under his ass, hasn't it? Because he was absolutely phenomenal today, I thought. Phenomenal in everything that he did. Defensively, going forwards. Okay, defensively, I think towards the end of the game, it started, just started to unravel a bit. And thankfully, we weren't punished for it. But um, aside for that, he was pretty brilliant for 90% of today's game. His passing was good. Like I said, going forwards, he was good. He was connecting like he was he was his interplay with Kulisevsky, I thought was a particular treat, particular delight. Um just really, really good. Really, really good. And uh Mark Nesbitt was saying on Fighting Cox preview pod that funnily enough. Emerson was probably the better player for today because of his defensive attributes versus Poro. Aside from the fact that Poro's only trained with us a couple of times so far, doesn't know the automations, blah, 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 if they even exist. But that's unfair, actually. We I think we saw a bit of that today. When we're in our pomp, when we're in our stride, you're actually starting to see, dare I say, trademark Conte ball. Um, and why the fuck do we see it against Man City? Why don't we see it against fucking shithouse teams that we've not turned up against this season? Why do we see it against... What is with this fucking football club? What is with it? Um, Emerson Royale. Fantastic. Hun Min Son. Hun Min Son. The lad. Our boy. Our, our second boy alongside Harry Kane. Because let's not... Let him fall under the radar. I love Harry Kane. And obviously I've spent 20 minutes at the start of this podcast letting you all know that fact. But Huminson today, after his goals at Preston, he's starting to look a little bit more, not a little bit, a lot like the old Sonny again. Picking up the ball nicely, running into that space, creating problems for the opposition. He did it after like, 40 seconds or something today. And I was like, yes, Sonny's here again. Sonny's shown up. Um, he's not in his pyjamas today. Or his big wide jeans that he wears. I read a funny uh, quote from him the other day saying that he, he wears the wide jeans. He likes them because of fashion. But also he, 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 he likes them because as a footballer. Well, he said he's got big thighs and big calves. And he doesn't really like wearing tight trousers. So he wears those. But he's like, but they are fashionable as well. I like them, even if the other players do make fun of me. Which is it's very funny because Son is like quite clearly the most fashionable member of our team, right? You know? Um, anyhow, he was great today, I thought. And yeah, I think he did start to tire towards the end of the game. And that is, that's one of those things we've spoken about. He's getting older and we probably are going to see that. He's not going to have that same explosive kind of lasting punch as as he's had in years gone by but he started off the game well I am surprised that Dan Juma or um, Richarlison weren't brought on for him 
in that in that second half. But I guess that the thinking was, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And I'm sure Stellini has been given a very, very tight remit from Antonio Conte. I wouldn't be overly surprised if Antonio Conte wasn't on the blower at halftime, having watched the game, to saying, you know, barking orders down the phone at him. So, with Spurs kind of still seemingly looking dangerous on the on the counter, I guess they just thought they uh, they weren't going to bring Sonny off for either of those other attacking players. Obviously, the the decision got taken out of his hands. I can't remember who did he did he come off. I think I think Sonny came off when I want to say when when Romero went off, red carded, and Sanchez came on in his place. I think it was that, but it might not have been. I'm not 100. percent But either way, it was a defensive option that was brought on um, in place of Sonny because you know we had 10 men at the end of the game against Manchester City who apparently want to win the Premier League. Um, Dejan Kulusevski, again, a player sort of similar to Sonny who has not been at his best the past few weeks. And that's it's, it's for very different reasons. Kulusevski's coming back from like a pretty gnarly injury. Um, he's needing to get that match sharpness back. But today, I thought, was starting to look a lot more like Dejan Kulusevski, that, again, that we saw at the tail end of last season. The way he takes the ball in his stride. There was one, there was a pass, I think it was Sonny actually, did this crossfield ball when we were on the break in the, I think it was the first half still. We were trying to break away and Sonny was kind of, he, he was he was running through and then he noticed Kulisewski in a load of space, ping the ball across field and it was started to sort of go just a little bit behind Kulisewski. But Kulisewski sort of bent his leg in a way but still managed to get a touch that dinked the ball in front of him and ran onto it and just managed to create something from it. And it, it that's the funny thing is, you, you having watched football for, what now, 30 years at least that I can remember to a degree. Okay, let's say, let's say 25 years at least of football that I can clearly remember, right? And still having a player like Kulusevski that can come along and still kind of, and not in that cliched way, in the literal sense, do things that I've not really seen anybody do, at least at Tottenham. Um, and he's he's just, he is an enigma because he he, he doesn't look particularly graceful. He's, he doesn't look particularly quick, yet he kind of is both of those things. And... It's coming up to a big, important part of the season, and having him kind of coming back to to his best is quite obviously very good. How insightful are you, Jack? Yes, well, I do like to think I am. <sighs> Harry fucking Kane took his goal well. I've spent twenty minutes talking about him at the start of this podcast. So all I can say is, thank you very much, Harry. Today is your day. Three points on the board. Come on, you Spurs. Thanks to everyone that does support the show. Um, there's a link in the Twitter bio, buy me a coffee. Um, if you want to do that, fine. If you don't, 
fuck you. <laughs> no, it doesn't matter. Don't worry about it. Um, I'm also, I'll start putting links out soon. I'm going to do a, I like walking. I like hiking. I've spoken about this before. Walking in nature. It's very good. Good for the mental health. Good for the physical health. But I love it. It's good. I'm regularly on hikes. And I'm doing a, like a, they call it like Macmillan Mighty Walks, Mighty Hikes or something like that. Basically, I'm doing this big long hike across the Dorset, Jurassic Coast, um, September time. It's quite a way off. But yeah, I need to raise some money for that. So I'm going to be pestering you all uh, in the coming coming weeks, coming months links on facebook and the like um for you to sponsor me for that so if you don't want to buy me a coffee you can at least sponsor the charity i know everyone's got charity fatigue and nobody can be asked to everybody at work is always doing their run or they're doing something but whatever you know come on a couple of quid here and there if if everybody that listened to this gave at least a pound then you know i'd smash my target so just do that. Yeah, go on. I would say that I'll uh, I'll match whatever I manage to get at the end, but I'm not in a position to do that. So just donate. Um, like I say, I haven't got the links yet, but I will put them up soon. I'll do a pod in the coming days. Bye-bye. Hold up. 